Under the Helmet. You'll do your thing, all right? Don't be nervous, okay? The show that looks at long-term player value in fantasy football. It's the moment right here. We're going to have to decide what, what type of team we want to be. Building Dynasties each and every week. I don't even know your name. What's your name? Chad Parsons. I'm telling you, man, you're leading the league in hydration. I got a Dynasty team reaping rewards for the next decade. Katie Flower. You may beat me, but you will not outwork me. Tim Torch. There's only one winner, Chad. Find their written and premium audio content at uthdynasty.com. Playing it safe in Dynasty means you're going to lose. Stop talking about it, man. Let's get this going right now. Welcome to Under the Helmet. Look at some long-term player value in fantasy football. I'm the host, Chad Parsons, joined by Katie Flower, the official podcast of UTHDynasty.com. We're heading into the off-season. Katie's in some drafts, as well as, I'm thinking, uh, it is drafting time. And uh, whether that's prepping for your rookie drafts or starting a new team that's through a dispersal, through an orphan, or through a brand spanking new startup draft, you want UTHDynasty.com, a flagship podcast, flagship podcast here between Katie Flower and myself. Uh, but we have a bunch of solo shows that I do in terms of premium podcasts going through prospects going through positional data right now. Also, every single month, we're going to have the perfect startup drafts series uh, that, that, that goes by position, says the best values uh, by the UTH board that you can expect to see, and really just gives you the roadmap uh, towards having your best team build ever, and really a simplistic one. Uh, a startup draft can be very complicated. It can be highly in-depth. It can also be simple. You know, We've talked before about having a, a target player board that like some NFL teams, some NFL teams make it complicated and they, uh, and they have everybody ranked. Uh, I will say the UTH big board has everybody ranked right now, you know, 75 players. It usually bulges to about a hundred uh, later in the process. Um, but that's because, you know, you may have a question about a certain player. So, so from an analyst perspective, got to have you covered, got to have every player with a take evaluation and a value, uh, you know, and a, and a ranking there. But NFL teams, some only have 75 players or so uh, rated and ranked and tiered across their positions because those are their allocated guys. They're guys that fit their system and what they're looking for. And they draft off of that. And really that simplicity, I think, creates a concise game plan and roadmap there. And uh, again, uh, doing a a perfect startup draft series. And we'll have one here in the next uh, week or so on the site. But all those premium shows, like I mentioned, we're going to go through at least 40, 50 specifically of the top 2021 rookies and Katie, we still have the declaration deadline ahead of us. Uh, so the, the class is still being refined, especially with uh, the, the, the COVID rules of you can go back to school. It's almost like 2020 did not count if you so choose. So you're seeing some where it's like a senior, oh, they're declaring for the draft. And that's because they actually have more eligibility in front of them. So we have a lot of moving pieces uh, in, in the next week or two defining, okay, here's the subset of players we actually have in the NFL draft. And now we can start working toward uh, working forward because we actually know the size of that underclassman pie. And the big news, there may not be a combine this year. It may be just a bunch of pro days. Our, our uh, data points may be limited this season compared to normal, which gives an advantage for people that have been involved in Debbie and drafting kids while they're still in college and scouting them while they're still in college. Every bit of information that you have, the more film that you can watch on any of these is, is better. And it's funny because 
you look at Devonta Smith, who is Heisman Trophy winner, very good wide receiver for Alabama. Um, a lot of people have him ranked higher than Jamar Chase right now out of LSU because out of sight, out of mind, he has sat for a year and opted out. So with no combine, how is that going to shuffle the rankings? I think it'll work in our advantage um, compared to others. Yeah. Uh, and again, I think when you have incomplete data and let's face it, even if you go all the way through and have, you know, pro days and combines and, and, uh, and, and all this, all this stuff, you know, plus every bit of, of information, it's still, you know, incomplete information. Uh, see NFL draft results, NFL draft position, still incomplete data, uh, you know, and, 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 you know, where your landing spot, all these things are pieces of information yet, you know, you put all those puzzle pieces together and you still, what I always say is, and actually someone on Twitter said this uh, very eloquently, and I'll, I'll do my best to replicate the, the tone of it, which is, you know, people want to bang on quote unquote analysts and experts and that they don't get everything right. And it's like, well, A, no one does. And B, the only goal here is to do better than your league mates, right? Consistently. Now, is that like, so number one priority, I would say, and this is rookie drafting, this is waiver wire, trading, startup draft, everything. And that, so, okay, don't be DFL. Don't be last. Then it's going to be, well, let's at least be middle of the road. And again, all these thresholds are, you might have a lot of comfort in certain categories and not so much in others. So in some categories where you're really weak, hey, let me minimize that. Or let me try not to be DFL in the league. Or let me at least be average. Uh, or that's scouting a position. And, but then again, in rookie draft time, you just want to do better. And this is more than just a one round, one year sort of thing, but it's in aggregate over time. You build that, that because we build on the margins. If you're, you know, single percentage points better, if that's hit rate, if that's level of return, bang for your buck for those picks, all those types of things, it adds upon itself year over year. So that's what you're going for. You know, can you insulate yourself and not just throw a, a knuckleball and whiff, you know, with your high first round pick? That happens. Uh, but can you have it not happen to you? You know, can you, what I always say is your second round pick every few years, can you actually hit on that guy to where they are, you know, worthy or on the level of most of the, 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 the teams in your league picks in the first round? You know, every once in a while, can you hit on a third or fourth round pick that you keep rostered for two, three, four years and not just because you have a high patience tolerance? You know, can you, because they actually warrant it in a relatively quick fashion. So those are the types of thresholds that you're trying to get over. It's not about trying to score a hundred. You know, of the, you know, and I think that's one way when I look at these startup drafts sometimes where you look back at a draft, you know, one, two, three years ago and just look at the rounds, you know, so who did I pick and who were the next five to 10 people after that? And, and it's like, sometimes, you know, you should still, I, I would say a decent amount of time, prefer the player you picked, but it's not going to be all the time. So that's the thing about, you know, you want to be generally pleased with your results above average, above league baseline, which can mean something different in every league. So it's just, I wanted to throw that out there in terms of expectations for yourself, as well as those evaluating and those resources you trust that are putting in the, the, the hours and hours to distill it down to save you time, which is the ultimate goal. Yeah, I mean, even NFL teams don't get it right. You look at all the first round picks that are busts 
on the offensive and defensive side. You look at these general managers that sink money, you know, good money after bad money over and over again on trades and they don't get it right. So to expect a hundred percent results of anything is very, very tough, but I'll give an analogy and a, and a story from earlier. I've joined a, a new chat and we talk a lot about college players. We talk about Debbie, we talk about strategies and tape and film and, Hey, this is what I observed. What did you observe? And we run things by each other, which is really cool. One of the people was talking about wide receiver Tutu Adwell and saying, man, this guy is so underrated and you're going to be able to get him in round three, round four. And man, I can't wait to see this guy in the NFL. And I said, okay, so who do you comp him to? He goes, well, if Kiki Kuti can be in the NFL, then certainly Tutu Atwell can be in the NFL. I said, being in the NFL is great. (laughs) What's going to make him fantasy relevant? What's going to make him you know, are you going to be able to start him? He goes, well, and he goes, um, and, and I said, plus Kiki Kuti is 187 pounds, five foot 11, and Tutu Atwell is five foot nine, 167, and that's if he didn't lie to his college team. That's what's posted right now, 167 pounds. There's not a lot of guys like that that are, you know, you're going to get him in the third or fourth round, and you're really going to set him on your roster and expect for him to hit he goes well KJ Hamler I said okay how many games did you start KJ Hamler this year he goes three because I was desperate at wide receiver and I said okay you may have started him three games but you didn't get three games worth of productivity out of him he had one start as a top 24 top 24 fantasy points that's not the kind of guy that you're going to start I said personally I would rather he goes, but you're not going to hit. These are third and fourth round picks. You're not going to hit on all of them. I said, well, there's the attitude right there. You want to go in expecting, you know, you're not going to hit on every pick, but you at least want to get a profile that you think can work on your fantasy roster. And at that point, you're probably looking at a running back. That's an injury away type player. And I said, but at least with a running back, when that other guy gets injured, your guy is now the starter. And you know you can start him. You feel like you can start him. So helping mitigate the losses, even if it's a partial, but expecting, expecting going in and taking a, a good look at all the prospects and having an understanding of them more so than your league mates will win you championships. Yeah, like you said, sometimes it's as basic as well, what position, you know, some some general roadmap things, and uh, you know, Jordan says this all the time about uh, being, you know, you can you can you can improve your level of play and performance, and you don't necessarily have to include player names in there. You know, there can be things of of profiles and and you know positions in certain ranges of drafts that are more optimal plays that. Uh, again, can be can be guideposts to making and starting down the path of better decisions, better probabilities, and better hit rates, and better performance for your team and for your roster. Because I would say, you know, your team needs good players. It doesn't necessarily right. need a quarterback or tight end or whatever. Um, okay, uh, meant to meant to put this in the open, and uh, I'm going to call this fifth down with Katie. Okay, so let me let me outline the rules here. So we're going to do five minutes uh, of Chad asking you questions. Okay. Set five minutes. I'll have the timer go off here. So 
you can take as long as you want to answer each question. They can be short answers. It's up to you on how many you want to answer. The other one is once during this round, you can flip the script and have me answer the question instead of you. Are these trivia questions or just questions? No, these are, these, are your, these are your thoughts. These are okay. your thoughts of questions, okay? So once, you don't have to, but once you can flip the script and I will answer. And uh, again, be as thorough or as concise as you choose to be. Are you ready? Sure. Fifth down with Katie. Let's try this. I have no idea what we're going to be no. up against here, but sure. No. Well, five minutes. That's, it'll be over <laughs> in five minutes either way. <laughs> How long can this last? Well, yeah. Okay. Here we go. All right. And go. Question one. Uh, if you could only watch NFL games of the NFC or AFC until the NFL postseason every single year, which would you pick? NFC. And is there a reason why? I just like the brand of football generally more. Okay. So you'd, you'd be AFC. giving up the Patriots. What's that? You'd be giving up the Patriots and you'd be keeping Yeah, the but Cowboys. I'd have the Cowboys. Exactly. So, yep. Yeah. You definitely would. All right. Do you think they're on a, a better track in terms of like – quarterbacks or when you said brand of football i find that interesting well yeah i mean not necessarily better i mean right now i think the afc probably has better overall teams okay. nfc is more scattershot gotcha. up in the air but yep. okay all right and uh all right if you could have one job with an nfl franchise and this is independent of getting to pick the team so you don't get to pick the team but from gm all the way down to collecting cones and blocking pads at practice um, or something like that, which job would you choose? And it's yours. Uh, scout. I, I would like to be like a, a regional scout, scout or head of scouting. You actually want to uh, be on the road? Any, any part of the scouting team where I get to go to college campuses and watch okay. games, interview players, talk to them, meet them. Go to all the uh, scouting events. All the scouting like events. Yeah. And then you come actually, back. I think, I think during the season when you're not doing uh I think you actually do some NFL stuff, right? As well. Uh, oh, once I'm you're sure. you're done with your your cycling, I think, with uh, with prospects. I'm All sure. Right. I've never looked into it. What the life of a scout is, but I've met a scout. I've talked to a scout. I've talked to there's football some good podcasts scout out and there. a baseball scout. What's that? There's some good. Po- there, there's two or three podcasts I've listened to over the years where they kind of go into that. I think there was one on moving the sticks where they kind of talked about life as a scout. They kind of reference it every now and again. uh, We're almost halfway done here. Would you rather announce all the picks of your favorite NFL team draft in April or attend the NFL combine with full media credentials? Oh, attend with full media credentials. No doubt. And hopefully that means I'd be able to do just like at the senior bowl, get to. Oh yeah. No, you'd have all that stuff. Yeah, and then get to interview and and sit yep. sit in on all the big uh, powwows. Take Tom, Tom Coughlin's seat. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd I'd have my own stopwatch. I'd be the exactly. Um, you'd be uh, you'd be eagle eyeing it, holding up the stopwatch. <laughs> uh, the Cowboys or the Patriots have to change cities and states in which they are located entirely. Which would you relocate, and to where would they go? Uh They've got to go. Can't even stay in the same state. So the New England Patriots have to move out of Massachusetts. I'd put yep. them <laughs> North Carolina. North Carolina. All right. And any particular city or doesn't matter. Raleigh? Uh, <laughs> no particular city. Just Okay. Within the North state Carolina. lines. Okay. What's Cause that? Because you, you like to visit North Carolina? Yeah. I mean, it's very mild climate most of the time. It's true. 
I guess if you were inland, you wouldn't have to worry about the hurricanes as much. So correct. probably closer to Charlotte. All and right. then the Dallas Cowboys. You don't have to move them. It's just one. Oh, of them. I don't only had to move yeah, one. Yeah, only had to move one of them. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Minute and a half left. Dak Prescott will only take $50 million a year as a contract for at least five years. Or you can draft Trey Lance with the 110 pick for the Dallas Cowboys. And Dak Prescott will walk in that, in that instance. Or you can sign Jameis Winston for two years and $25 million. Which would you pick for the Cowboys in the offseason? Sign Dak. $50 million for five. Yep. Gotcha. You got to keep of, the continuity. They've got, they a good yeah. thing. they got a good thing going on offense. They got to fix their defense. But I think that with the weapons that they've got around them, why – mess the apple cart why give it over to a rookie i, I like trey you. lance a lot and i do like Jameis winston I although you. i think that he's going to end up somewhere else okay yeah i think i think you can't let that go you figure yeah. out something else and uh you know scrub up the defense a little bit and they're going to be cooking with gas in an exploitable division so i think you gotta yeah. you can't kirk cousins this thing and mess it all up all right we're down to 25 seconds over under 1,000 more rushing yards for Cam Newton in his career. Note that he has 5,000 for his career, and he had almost 600 this year. Say that again. Over under that he makes another 1,000. Another 1,000 in his career. Uh, over. Over. All right. I would have picked under on that. And, uh, that's because he never throws. <laughs> that's, that's, that's only two more years. You said he did 600 this year. Yep. All right, and Katie's officially off the clock. Five <laughs> minutes, five minutes in the books. And I didn't even give you any of the questions. You didn't I'm pass so... them around. Oh, I had some that you could have twisted around for sure. All right, good job, Katie. All right, so let's talk about some of the uh, the storylines from uh, from Wild Card Weekend. We'll put a dynasty spin on it about the specific players. Um, some of we haven't. I'm sure we talked about over the years, but Lamar Jackson had a pretty down year. He was absolutely electric this weekend. Now, those two things are, again, independent of each other. He had a down year fantasy-wise, especially when you consider the price paid uh, where he was you know, going away a top two or three uh, quarterback in drafts, and now he slipped a little bit. Um, I would argue that he wasn't overly impactful, um, especially for, for what you paid and for what expectations were. Um, so the slide was quasi-expected you know, with a, with a, a touchdown rate that, that swooned. Obviously, it's going to be uh, rushing or bust really with him uh, outside of the, the, that other year he had where he threw 30-something touchdowns. Um, but where do you stand on him in terms of the, the macro? You, do you say this is a historic runner and passing is sort of a bonus do you think he is going to be an injury risk? Do you think he's been doing this his whole career, college, pro, et cetera, and uh, hasn't come to bite him yet? You know, that he's, he runs around, doesn't slide, but he's quote unquote smart about it because he's, he's been doing it and it's tough to get a good shot at him. What's your overall gauge here? I think that eventually guys will catch up to him. RG3 got caught up to earlier than, than most would have liked. But I think that eventually we don't have the sample size. And I mentioned this on a podcast the other day. We don't have a sample size on the running quarterbacks. The pocket passers, they have long, great careers. The ones that stick, the ones that uh, get that second contract and end up, uh, you know, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Phillip Rivers, Eli Manning, Peyton Manning. I mean, those guys, everybody thinks of a quarterback having a 
really great long career. And once you draft them in fantasy, they're yours for the next two decades, three decades, whatever. Um, but we don't have that sample size yet on the running quarterbacks. And look at Cam Newton. I mean, he looks like caca passing right now. And it, it's only he, he does have his legs back. But you know, if, if, if you become one-dimensional and you eventually lose just a little bit of that speed, and Lamar Jackson is an amazing runner, he's not an amazing passer. And a team can make them one-sided. You can defend that by forcing them into what you want them to do. And it also affects the fantasy pieces around you. Now, I think that it's going to help a J.K. Dobbins because when you've got a good running quarterback, it's going to open up holes and, and you know, somebody like him, great. But the wide receivers, sorry, not so much. You know, he only throws 175 yards in a game. Yeah. But yet he rushes for 125 yards or 100 yards or whatever and two touchdowns. I thought it was almost near impossible that he threw less than less passes than he threw a year ago. He threw 401 passes this year, 376 in the same game. And in he had same... 17, 17 this weekend, right? Yeah. So with 17 passes. Yeah, it's just you're trying to shoot the and, needle, and right? And some of them are going to go to the tight end. And yeah, they... so I just... Yeah, and he actually he he took a step back rushing, and like you said, I mean the we talked about this. This was years ago with Cam Newton, but at some point the lines have to intersect in terms of developing as a passer as the rushing comes down a little bit naturally. Now he, again, still early twenties, dynamic runner, but he really hasn't sustained that. You know, he's missing two months of the season, and it's because of this. And then you say, well, now he's rehabbing. And, you know, and then what if that happens again? Like with Michael Vick, he had a couple of seasons in his first three or four years, I believe, that he missed significant time. And then it starts to catch up with him, obviously. And I think what you mentioned is valid. The running quarterback, Cam Newton, is one of the first, and we have, you know, some smatterings, but of seeing how this progresses uh, over the course of time. Uh, because Michael Vick missed a bunch of time, you know, for off field and all those things, uh, before he came back and had a resurgence with the Eagles for like one season and, you know, some other things going on. And it just, so we really don't have, I mean, he came in 21, look at him ramp up and he's not even to his mid twenties really yet. And it's just, I, I just, you kind of wonder if the progression to passing is in him per se, because he's been so dominant as a runner for I would imagine his entire football life. So you just kind of have to be okay as a thrower. So I, I and, and it's just going to be an interesting one to value this off season because I mean he's still going to go very highly and the the theme I've seen from Superflex startup drafts is be prepared to see a lot of quarterbacks go in the first round or two rounds. A bunch of them and Lamar Jackson is going to be one of those. He's going to require a first-round pick. And in a highly competitive quarterback space, that means there's a high amount of risk with whoever you take. And it seems like, or, or, and if, if, if you disagree, let me know, that it seems like Lamar Jackson is on the riskier side of that spectrum. I agree. Um, and he's, he's going to go anywhere early in the first, anywhere right. from 102 behind Patrick Mahomes, to the 106, 107 range. Right. 
Yeah, I mean QB what? Q, yeah, like you said, QB two to maybe QB five or six somewhere right. in that in that spectrum. I would expect yeah, him to go ahead of Russell on... Wilson. Um, Kyler Murray versus versus him, you know, would be, you know, you could see that going either way. Maybe Dak Prescott could be in that range. Same with Watson and Josh Allen, etc. What do you feel about? Uh, if it was an initial team build, and obviously the price points are a little bit different here, but Trevor Lawrence, you know, versus uh, Lamar Jackson as a guy that's been there and done that for a couple of years in the NFL versus Trevor Lawrence and the you know moniker of you know best quarterback prospect since X. I don't think that you need to spend that kind of draft capital on Trevor Lawrence still, right? Even though he is proclaimed as as the god of quarterbacks Lamar Jackson is solidly in that top five the QB five uh, or even higher discussion Trevor Lawrence isn't there yet and the 101 is still going firmly second round exactly so universally right I I haven't seen have you seen a first round startup 101 there no 207 is the earliest I've seen okay yeah, I've seen I've seen a little earlier in the second round, but that's about it. Um, but yeah, so we're still sitting in in that zone. So it's not really an apples to apples. Um, what do you think about Justin Herbert versus? I would versus I would Jackson. rather have Herbert. Herbert's more of a passer because he's winning, and us, then he yeah. runs uh, just like Josh Allen. Josh Allen is physical and can run, right. but he's well, a better him, passer. You've seen him transition to now being a passer. Right. You define him this year as more of a passer. Previously, it was more as a runner. So that progression has happened quickly. Jackson, you really, again, maybe we'll see that in the coming years. I am skeptical and I doubt it. I'm skeptical. It takes, it takes right. a lot of work. And yes. I applaud Josh Allen for putting in the work in the offseason. In, in all the years that I've coached, and I didn't coach at the collegiate level, I coached you know, high school boys football and and in that range but baseball basketball and football no matter what the sport one of my favorite sayings to the kids I'd say practice makes what and they they'd all say practice makes perfect that's not true Mm -hmm. practice makes permanent if you're practicing something it becomes ingrained you can be practicing the wrong thing and it becomes part of your mechanics you may get good results when you're 16 17 years old you may even get good results when you're in college but if you don't make those changes to your mechanics, or if you're not a great passer and you don't have, I mean, it takes a lot of time for that muscle memory and to get everything going. It's yeah. more than just uh, one off season, I think, oh, for yeah. him. Well, yeah, I've- like you said, the ingrained, you know, the ingrained things of, you know, and, and we just rarely see Josh Allen. And I think people are going to, people are going to superimpose that that can become quasi commonplace. It also takes, uh, I, I would say the, you know, is the team fostering that environment of yes, we're focusing on what you do well, but we're also thinking big picture of how are we going to get you to a new level, a new strata of dual threat viability in the future. Because right now, I mean, I see a Baltimore team that is, hey, we, can, we, we, we had a chance to win a title and make a big run last year. We are currently on a, a big run and trying to do big things this year. And, but, but for those two seasons, we haven't really seen any change of Lamar Jackson, the passer, from a, a, a franchise standpoint. 
you know, and I think they're trying to, and uh, you know, I think there's a way to do both of these things, but you know, win the most games, but also say, we're going to start incorporating a little bit more of, of, you know, passing progressions uh, where I, I've seen none of that. If anything, they've been doubling down, right? They took JK Dobbins. Um, you know, they haven't really addressed uh, the, the, the passing game enough. And you, you see how they approach games. I, I just, so that may produce the best results for them as a team, but two, three, four years down the line, I don't know if that benefits Lamar Jackson the most. Yeah, I mean, I think it was at last year's Pro Bowl where they had the oh, yeah. fun competitions and oh, Lamar was Jackson sad. was just missing yeah, everything. It, I mean, it wasn't even close. And they were static targets. I yeah. mean, some were moving, but you know what I mean? It was just All very laughable. Place. Yep. All right, let's shift over to another quarterback situation. And this one is uh, three-prong. The New Orleans Saints, um, so they are still as well on, on a playoff run here with Drew Brees. Uh, they're mixing in Taysom Hill regularly, and uh, the contract situation for the Saints, uh, who are in a rough spot. Plenty of changes coming this off season, and you know. So, where do you stand on Drew Brees' retirement? Do they retain Jameis Winston? Would they be able to afford Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill possibly being the Week One starter or not? They're $99 million <laughs> over the salary cap with only 46 players signed. Is that good? That is bad. Oh, that's bad. That's bad. They're $99 like million they are over, over the salary cap. And they want to keep Jameis Winston. I heard the other day that they really like him and that they would be more amenable to having him be the starting quarterback with Taysom being kind of that change of pace instead of like what they did at the end of the season. I do think there's a high, strong pro probability that Drew Brees will retire. I don't know if they've got enough money to keep Jameis, though. They had the one-year try-me deal, and I don't know where they're going to come up with the cash. Yeah, I mean, it feels like he got a, like a red shirt, you know, just sort of, you know, I'm, I'm going to be employed. Uh, zero pressure on me. You know, I can, I can refine some things on my own uh, and kind of reset and, and maybe get an opportunity in the 2021 cycle, which there are some, some places out there, certainly, that, that he should have interest. And if there's even a competition for a lead role for Winston in the market, I would think that he would get, you know, more of the 5, 10, you know, maybe even 12, $15 million range, even if it's just a one-year variety deal, if he were to go to just throwing things out. I mean, going to Chicago. You know, I was going to say, how about Indianapolis? Sure, or Indianapolis, or the, any place that has an opening, um, you know, Patriots, whatever. You know, any of these openings that say one of the top, or even if one of the top three, four, five uh, rookie quarterbacks go in the first round that they still pair it with a Jameis Winston, you know, where he can play or be the primary plan. And maybe they transition a la Fitzpatrick to Tua uh, at some point during the season, or if the veterans playing well, that's plan a for the whole season. So I think Winston could be a part of that where he reclaims his uh, career arc and future opportunities where he was really out of sight, out of mind this year. But yeah, a lot of things have to change. And, uh, I mean, are you, are you bullish on Taysom Hill potential week one? And this is our plan starting quarterback from what you've seen this year. No. Okay. I is, think he, is he a classic Fugazi where he's going to go too high in super flex drafts? 
I just, I can't imagine that they want that, that New Orleans would want to roll that out every single week. Okay. Well, they're paying, they're paying them like 15 million next year. That is, you could, you could say, well, we're paying them $4 million to be a tight end. We're paying them, you know, $8 million to be a backup quarterback. We're paying them a million dollars to be this, like you can, you can Frankenstein this, uh, (laughs) <laughs> this this you know his contract for a bunch of different roles he plays in the team but 15 million for a team that is woefully over the cap uh you know at the outset i mean i saw him in the most recent startup draft in in, in superflex he went quarterback what is this quarterback 23 22 so you're venturing into murky land for sure and i would imagine that would go up a few spots if it was a uh, if Breeze does retire, Taysom Hill would go up, what four, five, six spots, venturing into the teens. Yeah, Hill still hasn't left the board in the super flex that I'm in right now. Okay, how many? But yet, but yet, going? Jalen Jalen Hurts has. <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? It's crazy. I think Jalen, it's Jalen Hurts crazy. is crazy. I will say. There's going to be people falling off of him because the last game was not very good at all. If he had finished sort of on a, a high note or a neutral note to what he had already done, I think that would help our cause when we view him as a startup draft distraction because I think it will, it will cost him a little bit of juice there. But, so was he in the teens or was he in the 20s? What's that? Was was Hertz in the twenties or the teens or where was he in the hierarchy? Eleventh, QB eleven. Oh my god! As Chad just throws papers, <laughs> he throws papers around the room. Oh my god! Wow, I'm getting yeah. a hot, I'm getting a hot flash in here. QB eleven. Wow, yep. is that is that what we doing at the position? All right. Um, all right, An- another question coming out, uh, which is talk about a, 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 the twists and turns of a rookie in the NFL, uh, whether it's running back or not, of, of hand-wringing for a month or two and then uh, you know, helping teams win championships and finishing the season on a high note. Uh, how high is too high for Jonathan Taylor? How high is too high for me or for in general? Uh, in general, what would make you kind of you know perk up if you saw X, Y, or Z in a startup draft? If he went, if he went in a in a startup super flex before like a Josh Allen type. Okay. If if he went, uh, so relation to quarterback, you would say hold, hold you know hold steady. Whoa there, specifically. What about during? He, what about relation to the the running back position? What is unreasonably high? RB3. That's unreasonably high? Yeah. Okay. Meaning he would be over one of Barkley, McCaffrey, something like that? Yeah, McCaffrey, Kamara, and Barkley. If he's over one of them, you think that's a little too hot and heavy? I personally like Jonathan Taylor more than Dalvin Cook. Mm Mm-hmm but I would probably trade back in order to maximize and still be able to get him. But if okay. somebody absolutely loves him, right. 
Alvin Kamara is getting older. Dalvin Cook is getting older. Jonathan Taylor is still real Right, three and a half young. years younger. Yeah, I mean... Which this is different than wide receiver. I mean, three and a half years in running back time is massive. That's pretty much half or more than half of a running back's... It's actually more than half of, of a running back's prime window. So if you think of it 21 to 27 or so, 27, 28. So yeah, I mean... Yeah, I'm... I'm more apt to trade out of that round one in most situations of a right. startup anyway, just because of just like the, the brand new car, as soon as you try, drive it off the car lot, it right. loses value. And that's pretty much the same with all the players in round one of a startup. If you trade back and get extra capital and then you can still, I mean, there's still plenty of talent, especially with the last couple of years worth of rookies that are now in there and uh, you've got like DK Metcalf is starting to take over in that range. Justin Jefferson had such a great year that he's in early round two conversation, sometimes right. mid early, early to mid round two, uh, you know, that's going to push other players back. Oh, and since you mentioned him uh, in passing for this one, but uh, going back to the Saints and kind of blending both, is Alvin Kamara, do you have any concerns about him with, you know, in the post-Drew Brees world if he does if he does retire? I do. If they go with Taysom Hill, that's going to kill Kamara. Right. He had ho- horrible games when Hill was the quarterback. Right. Well, horrible no, for I Kamara, think, but yeah. What's that? Horrible for Kamara. I mean, other running yes. backs would absolutely take that. But yeah, I mean, if you're taking the top off of the, even if you have Sean Payton, if you don't have the proper driver of the bus, um, on the field, it is going to, you know, and just more scrambles that don't turn into passes entirely. Uh, that would be one of the main things is sort of the ancillary pieces that I would be concerned about with, uh, you know, Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, but, but just the, the offense looking different. And I understand it's been a while since we've had a look different Saints offense, but, but Kamara would be one, like you mentioned, I mean, 26 is not old, uh, but it's certainly when you're talking about an initial team build, uh, it, it's not ideal from from uh this is my first you're pretty much locking in i mean is he really going to be a first round pick at 27 years old i mean what does he have to do finish running back one or two you know does he have to go for 25 points per game i mean the bar is so strenuously high on an older running back if you're drafting them in the first round to maintain status and i'm not going to say chasing market value and all those things are the most important thing because lock and load and start them on your team and you can have them for for years but you know but automatically giving that up when you do have other pivots that that is something that i find and, and would have concern for for someone that wants to do you know make that type of move i agree um, okay, uh, we've got plenty of other things, uh, but we are quickly running out of the show. I do want to say the fifth down with Katie. I uh, appreciate you uh, uh, being amicable and, uh, and trying that out for me, uh, put some of those sure. uh, questions together. Do you have any final thoughts uh, going into things you're looking for? I mean, actually, let me have this as the last question here. That during the, the, the po- NFL postseason, I mean, yes, there's at-large dynasty market moves that are happening i mean hopefully fingers crossed you know no notable players get injured that it impacts at this point it's for sure with some of those major injuries going to impact their 2021 season but is there anything in terms of i'm really looking for certain things out of certain players or is the book already kind of written for this season postseason is a different animal and 
everything that I'm kind of thinking early on in the off season, I'm not really changing evals and, and doing it off of small sample size, AKA the postseason run for a certain team. Yeah. So the beginning of the postseason, while people still have fresh, happy thoughts in their mind, Derrick Henry is a good example. Somebody that ended the season very strong. He's 27 this year. It's not a bad time to start shopping him around and seeing what kind of package that you could get. And especially if you could get an early 21 first, there's a couple really nice running backs in this year's class. I'd say there's three running backs that are probably going to be in the first round of rookie drafts. Even if it's a super flex, there's going to be two to three solid running backs. And so if you can turn Derrick Henry into one of them and then plus plus while the buzz is still real hot about him, that's what I'd be looking to do. Alvin Kamara, same thing. With the question marks on Alvin Kamara and his future as far as if Drew Brees does retire and if it is Taysom Hill, do you want to live through that? I mean, I'm not saying commit suicide or anything like that. Please don't get me wrong. But I'm just saying he's, he's getting on the older side. And while you could still get a boatload, at least explore, at least shop and try to get, I mean, he had a couple great, he won a lot of people championships this year. So at the beginning of the off season, I'd be shopping my running backs, the older ones and stockpiling draft picks while they're still not even really being thought about in a draft order per se. Like I already have in my head, a mock draft going in my head every single day. I know like, mm-hmm. okay, I, I'm drafting this pick and it's probably XYZ player. And, and lots can change between now and May and whenever the rookie draft ends up being. But just having, knowing what's out there on the horizon. And then just start putting your time into uh, doing some mock drafts getting some idea of what other owners are valuing, where players are rising, where players are falling, where the hype is. Because again, any player that's being hyped in the off season, especially one that you don't believe in long-term, that's a perfect time. There's, it's creating a market. Between now and September, you don't have to start any of these guys. And you want to constantly, that doesn't mean you flip your entire lineup, your entire roster, but if there's one or two guys, work on it, work on it and and get something. And again, if you've got a deep roster that you've been building, you should be able to replace those two players, three players, whatever that the case may be, and seamlessly keep on going. Yeah. Excellent stuff, Katie. As always, you can find her for conversations between episodes over on Twitter at FF. No. FF underscore Skylar 399. I am at Chad Parsons NFL over there. And uh, do want to shout out uh, with no endless ads on this show for uh, razors and 
God knows what else. Uh, but uh, patreon.com slash UTH is the way to give back. Got Tim Torch doing a weekly show with me, a uh, feature podcast uh, for everybody. Also did, uh, and I think I'm going to go with this through the, the playoffs where I, I do a recap of every game, uh, kind of film note style and sort of a lay of the land of what happened, but also do an off-season outlook and preview for, uh, for the team that lost, the team that is now out of the NFL playoffs. So I did that throughout the weekend as I watched the games um, there. And, and just bonus content, you get kind of a behind the scenes of when I'm doing research projects, uh, you get some, some tea leaves and some, some early content there at uh, patreon.com slash UTH that, uh, that again, it's sort of in the process for, for other podcasts or, or other data dives. And you, you kind of get the early side and preview for that. And then also at UTHDISD.com, the 1.0 big board is already out, about 75 players. That's in the uh, UTH Dynasty rankings overall, as well as the, uh, the trade calculator. So fully up to speed, already have about 10 to 15 uh, rookie profiles for 2021, um, as well as some, some deep dives and previews for the uh, skill positions as a whole, ready uh, to go and, and already on the site. And we're still uh, not even to, to mid-January. Uh, so making some really good progress over the last two, three weeks to jumpstart your 2021 rookie draft and rookie evaluation game. And as, as Katie said, you know, getting out there, seeing what the, the market is like with mock drafts, getting a sense of the top players, which ones you prefer and are targeting and watch their games. We always say you got to have a good sense of their games and don't just go by someone's recommendation or, uh, or profile on paper. You got to get a, a sense of them as a player and uh, playing in uh, some, some Debbie leagues and, and, and college type environments will help as well over the years. So for Katie Flower, myself, Chad Parsons, until next time, never settle, refuse to be average and keep building those dynasties.